This is Missioning, Global Interactions podcast and a space to explore all things mission. Hello, welcome to Missioning. I'm Solari and I love stepping out and engaging with people in my neighbourhood. I had the absolute joy of seeing what neighbourhood mission looks like as I spent time with our Global Interaction cross-cultural team in Cambodia last year. When I came back, it changed the way I saw mission in my own backyard. Today, I'm excited to reflect more on these practices. Our guest today is a Bible teacher and leader, someone with a heart to build healthy teams who are partnering with God and his mission, Global Interaction's new executive director. Welcome, Scott Pilgrim. Hi, Solari. Great to be with you. It's so great to have you here today. Now, you joined Global Interaction as our executive director in the middle of March. You had two days in the office and then everything changed. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was not the start you're expecting. Certainly not the uh, you know, the 100 days in the uh, in the new kind of leadership <laughs> role that you pick up in the book to read. Yeah. Um, yeah, very challenging. Uh, and yet that's the world, isn't it, that we live in today. Uh, and I guess that's been my reflection that um, whilst it didn't go to plan in starting in the organisation the way that I anticipated, mm. it's been a great reminder for me about uh, that Scott Pilgrim ultimately is not in control, <laughs> that uh, that God is in control. But the other thing about that is um, how do we really foster adaptability, flexibility, uh, creativity? Uh, and so our whole team's had to uh, be flexible and innovative. It's a part of, I guess, who we are at Global Interaction. But I think it's forced us into that reset mode even more. Yeah. And probably made me appreciate, at the end of the day, the challenges I face compared to the challenges that our teams across the globe are facing yeah. are fairly small. Yeah. So stretching, but also a time of opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely. I can imagine. And what's God been teaching you in this season of the un- unexpected? Yeah, I guess he's been teaching us lots of things. We can eat too much in lockdown. Uh, <laughs> uh, hard to stay committed to exercise and all those kind of things. You know, um, the one word that comes to my mind, Solari, straight away, and I've been sharing this with lots of different groups when asked that question, is perspective. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a really important word in my life today. Um, uh, what's God been teaching me? That uh, yeah, it's a challenging time, and I need to own that. It's it's we're all on. A, I think we're all on an emotional roller coaster. And I think it's healthy to own that emotional roller coaster, to, to own the how I feel, but to then catch my breath and step back and think, um, how are our teams in uh, Africa, Southeast Asia, Central Australia handling this, where the challenges they face, some of them, is so much bigger. Yeah. Uh, uh, COVID is on top of so many other issues yeah. in many of the places that we work. Yeah. And so that, that perspective and that sense out of Psalm 46 of um, – of being still and knowing that God is in control. And, hey, Scott, easy to say that, but stepping into a new job, big challenges and a pandemic, do you really trust me, Scott, in the midst of this? So perspective is the word, yeah. That's a great word. I appreciate that. And is there one joy that 2020 has brought to you personally and at Global Interaction? Oh, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think – I think uh, I'm an optimistic person by nature, but uh, joys, um, uh, the unexpected joy of spending a whole lot more time with my kids. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, for Christmas, uh, I got given a brand new suitcase and a brand new travel (laughs) backpack, ready to see the world this year with Global Interaction, and I've travelled the world on Zoom. Um, So the opportunity, yes, spending some really quality time with my kids, but a greater joy. Um, 
uh, over the last uh, four months, I've connected with every one of our teams yeah. on Zoom a number of times, and I'm just struck uh, by their inspiring stories. Every one of them, a unique kind of mission story, but real people, ordinary people, uh, but courageous, uh, inspiring people. Yeah. And I feel, wow, I've got the privilege of now being a part of leading this organisation, but really pastoring, shepherding some wonderful people who've stepped out uh, out of their comfort zone and who are serving God around the world. That brings me lots of joy. Yeah, yeah. And I feel that uh, in, in you sharing your story, was it uh, a huge step for you, like stepping out in courage to be in this organisation? Yeah, oh, of course. Um, there, there is still a faith step in that for me, certainly. Uh, pretty secure, pretty comfortable after being in my role for three and a half years here in Melbourne. Um, it's interesting, Solari, that it's funny because the weekends I got approached to consider the role, yeah. I was actually preaching on um, Abraham or <laughs> Abram as he yeah. was. Um, and uh, there was this quote that I shared uh, about the fact that to be genuine in a discipleship, yeah. we need to be people who are willing to allow God to disturb us. Yeah. It was so easy to preach that. <laughs> uh, and then the next day I got a phone call to say, would I consider this position? And, you know, that quote stuck with me. And I said no a number of times to yeah. taking the role. Yeah. But God's spirit kept coming back. Yeah. And I know I needed to be disturbed in my life. So it's been a real faith journey. Yeah. But it's, it's exciting to be here. Yeah. So great to have you here uh, just speaking to us, but also just as part of our organisation. And we've just enjoyed getting to know you as well. Over many years, you've served across various churches and Baptist organisations. And now you're leading Global Interaction. How have your experiences shaped your missional thinking? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, all different contexts from uh, local church pastor, uh, church planter, yeah. uh, overseeing kind of mission in our New South Wales movement, a uh, national role, yeah. uh, and then a whole season that I didn't expect, uh, but a great season with Baptist Care. Yeah. Um, I think for me that some of the key underpinning points are the same no matter what your context, and we're all, we're all about context at Global Interaction. Yes. Um, I love uh, that verse in John 1, 14, uh, in the message translation, um, the word became flesh, but that translation, the message that, that God became human and moved into our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, that just resonates so powerfully with me. Yeah. It's, it's the incarnation. Um, and there's a sense for me that's always been a driver uh, in ministry for me, yeah. uh, whether it be thinking locally or in this role, thinking globally. Yeah. Um, what's it mean to take that seriously, that God himself esteems humanity so much that he actually moves into our human neighbourhood? Yeah. And so what does it mean for me then as a follower of Jesus yeah. um, to do the same? Yeah. Um, and um, I guess alongside that then you look at the incarnation. Yeah. And for me what's always been a driver, uh, what are the, uh, the words, the works, the ways of Jesus? Yeah. Uh, so how do I kind of put those things together? that you know, God breaks into our world, he, he disturbs the comfort zone, he comes to us, uh, grace with a human face, God, God comes into the neighbourhood. How do I live that incarnation out in my life day to day? Yeah. But increasingly for me, um, the older I get, when I'm getting older, the older I get, the more simpler it's becoming. Yeah. It's how do then I reflect the words, the works, the ways of Jesus no matter what my mission context. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a pretty simple approach, but I think it's been pivotal in my journey. Yeah. 
uh, how can I be Christ in this neighbourhood, in this community, yeah. in this context? Yeah. And how have you sought to model that in your local neighbourhood? What does that look like for you? Yeah, in sure. Um, I look at uh, I look at Jesus, and some things come to mind pretty obviously for me. Uh, one is uh, Jesus was uh, inclusive uh, and welcoming. Uh, I'm struck by uh, in the church in particular. One of the greatest strengths we have are kind of circles of friendship and relationship, but often those circles can be closed. Yeah. So how do I live with that kind of semicircle, that 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 open view of the world? And for Megan and I, uh, as a married couple, as a family, I guess for us a practicality of that has been uh, I look at the Gospels and I see the, the importance of hospitality. Mm. So how do we keep opening our house up? Hard to do in this season, but <laughs> how do we keep opening our house up? Yeah. How do we keep opening up our table? Yeah. I love the quote from John Owen, the CEO of Wayside Chapel, who says, who you invite to your table says something about your genuine discipleship. Yeah. Um, opening, up, opening up our ha- our home, um, we we love to have people live with us, stay with us. Uh, so refugee, refugee families, asylum seekers, students, we, we've tried to be inclusive like that. Yeah. What's, it wel- what's it look like to welcome people who might be strangers into our home, yeah. but then beyond that, uh, how do you just become active in your local neighbourhood, mm. uh, in your local school? Yeah. Uh, currently, with COVID, we've got a street library happening. <laughs> uh, we've just letterbox dropped all our neighbours saying, "Do they need any practical help?" Yeah. How, how do you just um, in your street, in your in your local neighbourhood, how do you seek to humbly and simply yeah. be a good neighbour? Yeah. Uh, and what I love about that is I think that's what global interaction our people are doing around the world. Yeah, they're being absolutely. good neighbours. Yeah. They're being just followers of Jesus in the places that they're called to. And yeah. um, sometimes I think we really underrate the power of being good neighbours, of being welcoming, of being hospitable yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I loved how you drew, drew the line between what we're doing locally and globally. And for me, um, going overseas was a stepping stone to my local, seeing what local mission look like. But I think in this current stage, what does it look like for us to be really looking at what our mission is in our neighbourhood and but also reminding ourselves that this is what our global interaction cross-cultural workers do overseas? I, I think so often we see the gap is so much wider or bigger. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's uh, – excites not the right word, but – one of the things that I'm finding really interesting yep. in this COVID season is I think it's causing us to reset. Mm. Uh, uh, and some of the things that we would take for granted yeah. uh, in the countries that we work in across the world, mm. suddenly it's like local churches are opening their eyes up yeah. to some of those things because you know, we can't do a public service. We can't do public groups. We can't do the activities we've always done. Mm. And I sense that God's spirit is engaging in that process of how we how do we kind of rediscover earthy, localized, small, authentic mission yeah. in our own backyard. Uh, and so I think for me, if I think about God breaking into the neighborhood, yeah. the obvious question that goes with that is, well, what's God's invitation? Yeah. Um, where is God already at work? Uh, we hold that strongly at Global Interaction, but how do I live that in my own life? How do I stop and say, God, where are you at work in my street, in my neighbourhood, in my local community? 
What are some of the needs? What are some of the gaps? What are some of the opportunities? God, I already see you at your, I already see you at work. Yeah, yeah. How can I be an active participant in that? Yeah. Absolutely, that's inspiring words. And I think for us to have those lenses of partnering with God and stepping out each day and saying, "Hey, God, what are you doing in this space?" and I can partner with you there. That's fantastic. And so you've been also uh, talking to all of our team leaders across uh, the globe. Are there any stories you can share from some of the experiences that they're having? Yeah, sure. Um, lots of good stories. I love stories. Uh, mm. A journalist by background, so I could talk <laughs> for too long today, Solari. But uh, I mean, a couple of quick things, and I think they capture the lenses that we're talking about. Um, just hearing from uh, David and Eliza on the Silk Road, um, and uh, just you know an an Aussie family there in a unique setting um, and just how in that context as they learn the languages, they learn the culture, mm. how they're simply practising uh, John one fourteen. Yeah, They've literally moved into the neighbourhood. Yeah. And what are we seeing? Uh, we're seeing that they're being good neighbours yeah. and through their relationships, their character, their compassion, um, relationships are built, yeah. uh, community is built. The story that Eliza shared recently uh, about tragically uh, a young boy dying who was uh, a friend of their own children um, and how do they now respond in that new culture and yet them being invited into the grieving process, uh, them being invited to uh, into to prayer, uh, them being invited to play a part in terms of hospitality. Um, we could step back from that and think, well, that happens anywhere. It's happening on the other side of the world with an Australian family totally committed to that culture but more so committed to being Jesus mm-hmm. in that culture. And um, I see that they're being noticed. Yeah. People around them are yeah. saying, wow, look at this family and look at how they're living. And uh, I'm inspired by that kind of story uh, at, at the beginnings of a community being transformed. by. And then you've got a story um, – like uh, Alice um, out of our team in Southeast Asia. And um, what inspires me about her story is that over a period of of more than a decade, she constantly engages with global interaction workers. And that says something about our our culture of going the distance. It wasn't just one person, but it was multiple people. And the thing I love about the story, Solari, is one, you can't help but see God at work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, initially she's got a child who's sick. She knows that the woman in her street is a nurse, happens to be one of our workers, <laughs> uh, and there's an engagement. Yeah. And the story fast forwards and fast forwards and fast forwards um, until you get to the point where you know she comes to know Jesus yeah. in her own distinct way, in yeah. her culture, in a way that makes sense to her yeah. through our workers. Yeah. But then you fast forward again and she gets offered uh, work uh, as a, a, a language nurturer and teacher. She's now got a university degree and to top it all off, um, she now trains cross-cultural workers from other organisations <laughs> in how to do contextualised mission in her community. I mean, that is a beautiful story, isn't it? Beautiful story. And it just the whole journey that must have taken, just the, the journey has actually taken a long time for, for her to get there. And the, the, the beauty of the cross-cultural workers putting the time and the effort and the longevity, it's really important as well too in building those authentic relationships. And for me, it takes the story around full circle. It does. Because it started with couples 
moving into a neighborhood, yeah. being Christ the neighborhood. Yeah. And you picture going back to David and Eliza and you fast forward maybe a decade yeah. and there'll be other workers uh, in, in their community and the same story can be replicated. Mm-hmm. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. Yeah. Um, uh, there's so many inspiring stories like that at the heart of who we are as an organisation. And what about some of your own stories? So I think there's the other lens for me uh, is the lens of, I guess, God breaking into the neighbourhood, the incarnation. Mm. How do I, how do I live uh, as a follower of Jesus in my neighbourhood? But for me, the other lens is the justice lens. Yeah. Um, and uh, for me, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, for me, as I look at Jesus, uh, he he moved into the community, uh, but he was incredibly inclusive of those on the margins. Yeah. And so both personally and professionally, I guess that's something that Megan and I have wanted to live out. Um, So in my time at Baptist Care uh, for more than a decade, most of my journey there was working with people on the margins, um, people who were experiencing homelessness, uh, mental health challenges, Mm -hmm. uh, people who couldn't put food on the table, women escaping domestic violence. Often that group of people not be ignored by the church because the church does so many good things in that space, but often we can think about programs yeah. rather than people. Yeah. And so a, a joy in that space was to come alongside people through neighbourhood engagement, neighbourhood activities, really grassroots kind of missional ministries mm-hmm. and see the difference that followers of Jesus can make authentically alongside people like a Pete yeah. who I got to know, uh, generational unemployment uh, Pete had experienced homelessness. Uh, Pete had uh, had not held down a solid job for for many years. The amazing thing was when we first got Pete a house that he could move into. Uh, for a number of months, he slept on a mattress on the floor mm. because the whole concept of even having a bed was challenging space for him. Yeah, and yet to see Pete journey. Uh, in terms of uh, an improvement in his emotional health, his mental health. Yeah. But be around authentic followers of Jesus where Pete could, in his own way, ask questions about faith and and grapple with belief and his own historical kind of story. Yeah. Um, Those are the kind of things that inspire me. Um, Alongside, obviously, people who've lived with us in our own home, uh, because for me, the justice lens becomes important there. For me, for the good news to make sense, yeah. it has to make sense to everyone, yeah. but it has to be good news to the to the most uh, the most vulnerable in our community. Um, and if it's not, then I struggle with how it works itself out to be God in the neighbourhood. Yeah. Yeah. And what is that connection? Do you feel between justice and global interaction? How does that yeah, go sure. hand in hand? Yeah, I think it's a, I think there's a strong connection. Um, it looks a bit different. Mm. Uh, than say the work of a, a Baptist World Aid, for example, where it's more obvious. Um, but for me, uh, one of the really uh, compelling things about drawing me into this role was what we do and why we do it. Um, at Global Interaction, we're committed to working with uh, people primarily in many communities, gospel is yet to take root. Yeah. And why is that? Um, it's because 40% of the world uh, haven't heard the good news in ways that make sense to them. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Solari, I can throw that statistic out yeah. as a leader or a pastor, but I, 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 sometimes I've got to stop and just think about that again. 40% of the world haven't yet heard 
the gospel in a way that makes sense to them. And yet maybe at best 1% of the, the church's mission resources around the world yeah. are being devoted to that group. And that's why we want to be where we are yeah. as Global Interaction, that we're compelled by mission, yeah. our invitation to participate with God in mission, but we're driven by that justice lens as well yeah. that we want to be in the places where so many will not hear about the good news by word and deed, and I want to stress that word and deed, we want to be in those places because if we're not, very few others will be there. Yeah. So um, for me, again, that missional mandate and that justice mandate yep. go hand in hand. Yeah. Brilliant. Well put. Love it. Um, I just am loving hearing you speak. I feel I should be taking sermon notes as we continue this. It's just, just the way that you word that. Can I just ask, what is um, what inspires you as you step out in mission? I mean, ultimately, I think it's the power of story. Mm. Uh, yeah, we talked about Alice's story uh, before, but that applies in a local context as well. Uh, you know, I remember um, just recently uh, in my home church setting hearing a story as a man got baptised and he shared his story and um, he was uh, from a, a Chinese background, um, but he always felt when he first came to Australia that he experienced lots of racism, and sadly, yeah. all too true in our in our culture. But um, he didn't he didn't trust Christians. He didn't trust the church, uh, and again, probably for good reasons. Um, but the amazing part of the story was uh, God moving in the neighbourhood. A young guy, an Anglo, uh, younger than him, with very little in common, yeah. moves into uh, his neighbourhood, becomes his next-door neighbour. Mm. And what does this young Anglo guy do? He reads up a lot around uh, uh, Buddhist culture. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, 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 he reads up about some of this guy's favourite dishes and, and learns to cook a few of his favourite dishes. He invites him into his home. And these two guys who seem like they've got nothing in common yeah. become friends. And through that friendship, yeah. this man begins the journey towards faith. Yeah. And... Fast forward, he's this man now being baptised. But as he spoke, he spoke about just the power of that relationship. Uh, and what was he really talking about? He was talking about being included. Uh, he was talking about justice. He was talking about his mate who simply modelled the works, the words, the ways of Jesus. Uh, that inspires me, uh, like life change. But I guess the other thing that inspires me is um, is team. Um uh, I look at the model of Jesus uh, and I'm struck by how he calls uh, that circle around him. Jesus calls this group around him and says, I'm going to do mission, my father's mission, yeah. but I want to do it with you. Yeah. Um, and so I'm inspired by team. Yeah. Um, uh, we're not called to um, individualism. Uh, we're not called to live you know, isolated lives. We're called to team. Yeah. And uh, whether that's in a local church setting, whether that's in a missional community, whether that's on the other side of the world with global interaction, yeah. um, I'm inspired by team. Yeah. And um, I love the fact that often often God brings together people who are so not like me. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the world was just like me, um, it would be pretty dull. Um, but God brings people together in team yeah. uh, with his vision for mission. And so, uh, so that inspires me. Yeah. And 
maybe one last one. Um, I think uh, I think God wants it to also be fun. Yeah, it's a sense of adventure. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, um, there's the highs and the lows, but I think God wants us to enjoy the journey. Yeah, uh, and uh, again, um, I, I, you know, in my role, yeah, I, I want to be building really healthy teams who are committed to mission, but we want to enjoy the adventure. Yeah, uh, we want to enjoy the journey of mission together. Absolutely. And what are you enjoying about your team currently? Uh, what am I enjoying about my team currently? Um, I'm enjoying how well-dressed they get on Zoom every morning. <laughs> um, no, it's kind of funny because um, it's the first time in, uh, what, 30 years of leading teams in ministry where I've spent less than probably 48 hours with a group of people uh, and yet I see them you know, every day. Yeah. Um, and so that's a whole new world. Yeah. Uh, what am I enjoying? Getting to know people. Yeah. Uh, getting to know people's uh, stories, the power of story again. Um, yeah, and I, I think the other thing, and, you know, I, I want to be careful in saying this because um, I don't want to sound like I'm just pumping up the tyres of global interaction, but it's a particular kind of person yeah. who comes uh, into our organisation. Um, you know, it's a kind of person who's passionately committed to our missiology. Yeah. Uh, they're probably a little uh, more open to kind of risk. They're, they're creative, they're innovative. They've all got their own story. So I'm just loving getting to know people um, and, uh, and discovering more about who we are. Um, and I'm loving hearing from um, uh, people who've been partners with us for years and years and years and years uh, because um, – The alumni. Yeah, the alumni. But, you know, it might even be um, – I just – I just got a letter the other day from someone I, I don't know at all and it was where I'd sent them a thank you for the bequest that their father had left. Yeah. And they wrote back and said, you know, faithfully in this suburb, in Sydney, their dad for 50 years had been praying for global interaction and faithfully giving to our organisation. Yeah. And um, I walked away and thought to myself, um, wow, um, I've got to stop more often and think about someone like that because yeah. they're the heartbeat of who we are, yeah. um, you know, our people yeah. and our partners. Absolutely. Um, even in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for joining us today. It's what a brilliant time to be able to hear about what inspires you and your passion. We've just loved hearing from you. Thanks, Solari, and thanks for your great initiative with these podcasts. What an insightful and refreshing conversation. If you want to explore mission in your context or how to partner with all that God is doing through our cross-cultural teams, please get in touch with your local Global Interaction State team. We'd love to catch up with you and have a chat over coffee. Head to www.globalinteraction.org.au forward slash podcast for resource links and more information. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Missioning and we can't wait to share another great story with you next time.